Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go. Hey <laughs> that's, that's new. Yeah, I'm working Is on that this our intro. New well, I'm trying to be, uh, well, you know, what? a little bit different. Got to try shake things up, man. Shake it up. <laughs> shake things up. Like, like that martini pul- you're sipping Like on? a pull. Uh, this is con- uh, Cava de Oro. This is tequila. Uh, Got to oh. shake it up like a Polaroid pitcher. This is the Board Game Snobs. Hey. The best, pod- best podcast oh. about board games. <laughs> And uh, keep yeah, going. In, Don't I'm, let my interruption stop you. You just plow I'm, on through whenever I interrupt well, you, you. If I stopped every time you interrupt me, I'd literally <laughs> never be able to say anything. Well, you have no concept. This no, is like the hundred and twentieth episode. You're just supposed to keep going. You're just supposed to keep going. Keep trucking. I do. You say nothing of substance. <laughs> well, that's me, and that's uh, Gobby. That's me. Uh, the host. It's the primary host of the show. Sad having a host that contributes nothing. <laughs> nothing. Whatever. Did you know that the Rolling Stones <laughs> had their first number one single on today's date, the day of this recording, June tenth? No wait. On- no, July. T- <laughs> July tenth. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, in the wrong month. I need to go back to the future. July tenth, nineteen sixty-five. I can't mm-hmm. get no na 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 na. Satisfaction. That was their first U.S. single, number one. I always thought that song was about dueling, you know, because that's what they used to do back in the old days. Some guy would slap another guy with a glove, and they would demand satisfaction. I always imagined that it, that song was about two French dudes that they would demanded not satisfaction when they slapped each other. Yeah, that's what they do. Like if I if I offended you, you would come and slap me with your little glove. And Why say I demand satisfaction. I have big hands. It'd be a big glove. No, it's got to be a little glove because all all the Frenchmen in the 17th century all had little hands. They were so dainty. It's a fact. <laughs> yeah, it's a fact. It's a what fact. if it like a big boxing glove? <laughs> Bam! Come up. No, no. I've been hit with boxing gloves. They, unless they're eight ounce boxing gloves, they don't hurt that much. Eight uh, ounce. Anyway. That's uh, that's one cup. Right. And so that's kind of weird that you would put cups on your hands but an eight ounce boxing gloves i think is a couple, is of, co- couple of coffee mugs on the end of your ears wow <laughs> knock somebody out with a, with a bowl ceramic uh, uh but no like my dad had a pair of 16 ounce boxing gloves so it's, oh, it's more cups. padding nice yeah it's more padding so that's like a pound and basically what that was is that you couldn't really hurt somebody with them but it wore you out like, you've got weights on your hands, and after a while, you were tired. Did you know that Mick Jagger reportedly had an affair with Donald Trump's girlfriend? Uh, this is Jerry, by the way, and this is a board game oh, podcast, if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> and this random banter that you're engaging uh, in may attempted. throw some of our new listeners. <laughs> he at- oh, some of our new listeners. Uh, explain board game snobs before I go into what Mick Jagger attempted to do. Uh, well, this is a podcast... That is about board games, but we also like to have some banter fun. for each. Like fun. I guess you can call it fun. We like to have uh, fun here. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we're all about. Fun. We keep it real. 
Okay. And on that exuberant note, Mick Jagger attempted to seduce none other than the mustachioed Geraldo Rivera. What? It says uh, former talk show host. This again is Ranker.com, the most uh, trusted of sources in my book. Uh, Of course. So it seems an unlikely candidate to party with the Stones, but he said it happened at some point in the summer of 72. And, you know, if Geraldo said it, Geraldo said it, it's got to be true. Well, of it, course, Geraldo it, would not, uh, he wouldn't lie to you. No. Why was he, why was he hitting up Geraldo? Was he it trying says, to get shelter uh, from him? The now conservative Rivera was hosting a party in his Manhattan apartment in Mick Jagger and his friend dancer Rudolf Nureyev were guests. When Rivera went to the kitchen to make some drinks, Jagger and Nureyev snuck up and sandwiched him, with Jagger suggesting they were going to, oh, well, I better skip that part for family purposes. <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 so. He- but apparently, yeah, tried to seduce Geraldo. But, he, but Geraldo turned him down, right? Uh, uh, yes. Says so Rivera managed it, to so slither away. I guess you could say you can't always get what you want. So true. Just like the song. I'm referencing Mick Jagger's song. I got you. I, I okay. know Mick Jagger's stuff. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't mean to paint it black. That's stupid. That's not That's not how you do it. Wild horses can't drag me away from you, Jerry. See, none of that's... You, you're killing it. You're ruining all what? of my callbacks. Those were refer- <laughs> you can't refer... You can't, you, can't, you can't mess it up. This is... Mess it up. Mick You're Jagger. always messing things up. Old habits die hard. <laughs> well, why don't you just go uh, podcast with somebody else? This is our last show. All right. Fine. Done. I'll find me a, Bye. Find me a midnight rambler. I'm going to get Bubba. Oh, oh good one. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know that many Rolling Stones songs. Like I, We've literally mentioned the ones I know. Beyond that, I don't know. They're all doom and gloom. I'm I, I, I'm assuming that's another one. Never heard of it. I I know the Rolling Stones have been around like for literally half a century, but I just never. Other than Paint It Black, I like Wild Horses, but I prefer the Sunday's version of, uh, especially when it was on the uh, Marky Mark movie with him and Reese Witherspoon, where he was like a psychotic stalking her. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, that one, uh, uh, I did. But did you know that the Rolling Stones actually made a song regarding a very famous board game? Did you know that? Uh-uh. I didn't it know. was called T- Tumbling Dice. Are and you I being serious or not? No, no, Tumbling Dice by the they Rolling Stones. They made a song and, about tumbling dice. All right, let me sing you some of the lyrics, and I'll do the them game the best that me I can. and you have played with. Yes. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was based on the board game. So let me just sing you some of the lyrics. It begins off with, mm, yeah, women think. Okay, let's skip that part. Because <laughs> uh, all you women is low-down gamblers cheating like I don't know how. Baby got no flavor. Fever in the trunk, in the funk house. In the trunk? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I can't. Uh, this is terrible. Honey I, got no money. All where, when's the tumbling dice nine. come in? You got to roll me and call me the tumbling. Roll me and call me the tumbling dice now, baby. There you go. That is the song. That is not related to the game, I don't believe. I'm pretty sure it is. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me. I wouldn't lie to you. I wouldn't lie to you. Sounds like you Uh, would. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. Okay. So uh, can we move on? This is getting, this is, uh, this is getting tiresome. 
what's tiresome about it? The banter. This banter about Mick Jagger. I don't know Mick Jagger. I don't care about Mick Jagger. Who is your favorite band? You've said Black Keys before. Do they still, uh, is that still your number one, even though they haven't like made a song in like the last 20 years? Oh, they've made songs in the last 20 years. What are you talking about? Okay, well, whatever. Nobody knows them. Nobody I- knows the songs. Yes, they do. What are they? Gold on the Ceiling is like one that's used in like every movie trailer for quite some time. Mm-hmm. They uh, they had uh, Chop and Change, which unfortunately got used in like one of the Twilight movies and was on oh, the channel. Oh, that was about uh, the, the composer, Chopin Change. It's about him needing to change his clothes. That's funny, but I wouldn't laugh at that because I'm classy. Either. Keep yourself composed. <laughs> Anyways, stop. Let's get Bach to it. Uh, talk- <laughs> You're scrousing me out. Oh, oh, you sure bird about that? <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm out of composers. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm a deus me- as well. Let's go on to um, talking about. What game did we supposed to talk about? We were talk, supposed to talk about Ragusa. Oh, yeah. Ragusa. I have thoughts on Ragusa. Uh, do them. Do the thoughts. Tell the listeners about your thoughts. Ragusa. Um, Don't just say the name. <laughs> I'm going to say it three times and hope it appears. Ragusa, Ragusa, Ragusa. Oh, first of all, what does Ragusa mean? Hmm. I guess it's just a board game. Ragusa of Ragusa. The Republic of Ragusa, Croatian, was an aristocratic maritime republic centered on the city of Dubrovnik. Ragusa. Does this have anything to do with the board game? You're just reading I'm just trying to see. Like, I'm trying to see what is it. Ragusa is a city and commune in southern Italy. Uh, in di- Sicily, yes. I didn't know it was a real place. I just assumed it was just a board game name. I but, thought it was like a like a pecani sauce. <laughs> yes. Ragu, sir. Oh, that's like, yeah. that's like a southern gentleman offering you some rag- ragu sauce. Ragu, sir. <laughs> yes. See? Works. <laughs> Thank you for taking my joke and making it funny. <laughs> I gave you nothing to work with, and yet you turned it into comedic gold. Thank you. Designer Fabio Lopiano. Oh, that's a, that's Italian sounded. Uh, mm-hmm. Publisher Brain Crack Games and Capstone. Everybody knows Ragusa by now. It came out last year. We had not got to play it last year until recently. Uh, we played it after we played Pan Am. We played it. Did we play that three or four player? Four player. We played it four player. Very nice. Very tight. Very nice. Very nice. Very tight. Do you mind? Do you mind Borat if I tell him a little something about it? Well, go ahead. Yes, you tell him what it does, and then I'm, I was going to say what I did and did not like about it. Gord head. Okay. So this game has. Uh, I, I, let me oh, let me describe. Let me I'm describe the components. So far. The components first is that it's rather muted in its color and its design. Every player has their little castles and their little homes. Well, it's got that one side that has all the, you know, houses less muted, but it l- makes it a little bit harder to see what the actions are. Right. So on the board, there's like these hexagon areas that wherever you put out your little house on your turn for which you'll put one house out, it touches three areas. 
And those three areas give you access to those resources, whether they be grapes or olive oil or wood or metal or, or, or silver, whatever it might be. You now have access to those areas and you move, you move up your access on your player board. So it's basically like you're gathering resources. And at the same time, whenever you place a house out, the main mechanism of the game is, is now whichever hexagon you've placed it on, in clockwise fashion, any other player that has a house out there gets to do that action as well. So, for instance, there's one spot that lets you build walls, there's one spot that lets you sell, and one spot that lets you turn certain items into victory points, your standard Euro game stuff. If I already have a house on that spot, and somebody else puts their house there, in clockwise order, all the players get to do it. Now, if you have built up and put several houses on the spot, you get to do that action multiple times. So it's very, it, it requires you to think ahead. It really does require you to think ahead and, and think about what areas you're probably going to not only want to do multiple times yourself when it's your turn, but also if you anticipate other players going to this area, it really allows you to sneak in and get multiple turns uh-huh. because you only have 10 houses in a four player game, if I'm not mistaken. So you're only going to take, you're Correct. only going to place your houses are kind of like your workers. You're only going to place out 10 workers. But if you do it strategically, you get to piggyback off of other players and do uh, more actions. So that's really the game. The idea is you have access to resources. You're using those resources to turn them into commodities, and you're using those commodities to ship them off for victory points. That's very, very Euro. Very, very Euro. And so now, Gabby, I want to hear your thoughts before I give mine. Uh, I said it's sort of... I would consider it a... Not a next step. I would say the next two steps after Catan. It remind it kind of has that Catan feel to it just on the board alone with the houses and the wall that you will build eventually. Things I liked about it. I do like the board. The board is uh it does have some muted colors, but it's a very nice board. It's very pretty, I think. Nice wooden pieces. The wall uh the walls, the houses and the towers. The tower interaction with the houses is very nice. As you get to a certain, as you get to the city, you're trying to build a wall. When you build that wall, the longest wall at the end of the game will, your longest wall section will score you points. You can continue your wall, even though someone built a city in between your wall pieces by building a tower on top of their wall portion. It reminded me of like a person riding a horse. Somebody could put their horse down, you get on top of it and ride it. That's what the tower looks like to me. That's okay. silly, but that's it is. very. That's very. I, that's what it, that's I, what I, I, I played the game with you, and I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay, I, I'm picturing. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, you straddle so, the house with your tower. Yes, yeah. You stra- you sh- yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. If so, to give some clarification, there's really three spots on the board. There's like the woods. There's like the outside the city tower, the town, and then inside the town. And so when you're putting homes, your little homes inside the town, along the wall, What's up, building, homes? That, building, <laughs> building, that, uh, building that wall gives you a lot of victory points, but you, it has to be all connected to your stuff. So you put these little gatekeeper uh, 
maples on top of people's houses that let you continue the on towers. building. Yeah, building over, building over their stuff. And so it the the what happens at the end of the game, the board looks very neat because you have everybody's little houses, everybody's little towers, everybody's little walls all built out there. It's very colorful. And and um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm interjecting. The wall part, the wall part. Okay, in the game. I love him. Whenever you <laughs> Mark Walpart. Loved him. Uh-huh. Very good. What what did he star in? The uh, wall? I don't, no. Yes. No, that was the, uh, that the was, great uh, wall Matt Damon. with Matt Damon. That, that was Matt Damon. Uh Walpart, oh, Walpart Burgers. wouldn't have anything to he wouldn't have anything to do with that. that. I think I think uh, What Mark about Paul Blart Walpart? The mall Mark, cop. No, no, it's Mark Walpart Mall Cop. Say that three times fast. Paul Blart, the mall part, the mall cop. I think he departed, though. He straddled that Segway and rode wherever he wanted to go. Right, okay. he did. So, the, okay, the thing I didn't like about this game that irritates the crap out of me, it needs to, we, uh, what do they call that? House ruled it the first game. Whenever you go to the build a wall section, according to the rules, whenever you build a wall, as soon as you place that wall down, you score a point for the wall. In any of your houses, not towers, houses only, that it touches. So I score my first wall. I score a point for the wall. If it's next to one of my houses, I score an additional two points for the house, I think. Uh, I think that might be incorrect. but I, Maybe I, it's just the, a point for the house. The Whatever. idea is, is the idea you is score you a point for building You're supposed a wall. to score a point every time you lay down a wall upon initial play. We forgot to do that the first time we played it. The second time I played it, a three-player game with Mike and Crystal. I said, okay, we forgot this move last time with my last game. We need to remember this. Halfway through the game, we forgot to do it. We just kept forgetting. So... As we did the first game, we said, let's forget that stupid rule. And at the end of the game, Alhambra style, just score your longest wall. Alhambra. Alhambra style. You're going to score your longest wall (laughs) with whatever you score the wall. And it, it can skip over a blank empty house, a blank house space, as long as it's connected to something of your color. But as soon as it's completely blocked by... A house, a tower, or a house and tower not of your color, then that's where your scoring stops. Basically, the longest wall portion you score. I did not like the stupid initial count the wall points because it's too easy to forget. If a if a rule is easy to forget, leave it out of the game. That's, well, that's That makes it fiddly. Well, yes. And I, I will say that that wall scoring aspect is a little bit fiddly. The whole game as a whole... As, mm, I, I was going to point this out, and I'll, I'll delve into this now, and I think it will help illustrate your point a little bit better. We, as soon as we set this game up, we watched a brief video on it, kind of went over the rules. Bubba, Enrique, myself, Gami, we all did something that I found very, very odd at the beginning of this game. And do you remember what it was? No. We all stood up out of our chairs. Everybody <laughs> no, stood up that. out of their chairs leaned over the board and began calculating exactly what our moves were going to be. Oh. And from the first Probably because I didn't the, stand up and calculate. <laughs> That's why I didn't. Yeah, from the from the first piece that hit the board, everybody's attention was required for this game. I timed it on a four player game. They they say the game lasts about an hour and it did. It went over a little bit of an hour for us. 
This is a game that requires your undivided attention. Every move made by yourself and the other players has to be watched because even though it's not your turn. Some might say every move you make, every step you take. You have to be watching them because I'm if you're not be watching you, they they will miss your you'll miss your turn because you're miss every out time, on something, especially on at the end of the uh, end of the game when everybody has multiple houses out there. Every time someone places a house, it activates that hexagon. You have to see if your house is there, and you have to do the action. There are hexagons that will rotate. You know the the ability of that hexagon. There are hexagons that do not rotate the ability of that hexagon. How do that you made no feel? Sense. I just had no well, idea. What I just you mean just like said. you know, if you trigger a wall, then anybody that has placed on that wall previously gets to also do that effect, like you said. Yes. How do you feel about games? Well, you're talking about it right now. It's like you had to pay attention. Is it your job in these games? I know first play, probably yes. Let's say we played this game again. I didn't pay attention. You made your wall action. It's supposed to rotate around to me, to Enrique. I'm not paying attention. Do you say, hey, Gabby, do your wall action? Or should I be penalized because I'm not paying attention like a dummy? Uh, so... What you're saying is, is that if it's my turn, I put out a piece, and I, it's my job to remind all the other players that their piece is activated. Is that right, what you're saying? Right. No, that's not the case. If you're playing a game, you need to be paying attention. So you're saying if you play, I'm going to the wall. I'm not going to tell you, hey, I've went to the wall, everybody. Do your stuff. Is that what you're saying? No, not necessarily. I, I'm saying is that this is a game. For which all the players have to understand that every move is pivotal and every move has to be watched. It's just like when you're playing a chess game. Uh, if I if I stop looking at the board and the other player makes his move, do I have the right to come back and say, hey, what did you do? You, you right. need to be paying attention. Right. You need to be paying attention. And, and some board games lend themselves more to this where you have to be paying attention to the other players or what they're doing in other games it doesn't you, you can easily look out on the board and see what took place this game is the way it's designed you have to pay attention i mean even with me saying okay i, I went to this hex it's bubba's turn or y'all y'all need to you, you've got stuff out there it's very easy for someone like enrique who'll put his piece out there and even with looking out at the board, you'll you'll simply not see somebody else's piece because the way it's designed with those little towers built over them and so forth. So there are fiddly things about this game, and that's one of them. And so although I will say this game is very, very interesting, it is not a laid-back Euro game. It is a solid hour of you paying rapt attention to a board. Raptor attention. Yes, raptor attention, because everybody knows raptors have great attention attention spans they're clever they're clever they're clever girls gr they're, cl they're clever girls yes um if you're not willing to put out the effort to pay attention then this game is not for you and i i honestly assume when we were playing it that you wouldn't like it that much just because it requires such a great oh, deal of attention not saying you, sir well, well i'm not I was just gonna say so like pay certain attention. games like sometimes. but you don't pay attention <laughs> <laughs> but like Okay, so oftentimes in these types of games, like, you know, Enrique doesn't pay attention as well. So it's like, do you feel compelled to then say, Enrique, I went here, 
you get this as well. Gabi, hey, I went here. You get this as well. Well, obviously I'm compelled because I did it the entire game. Well, I know, but this was our first game. But let's say we played our second game of it. Would you then feel so compelled? I do it. I do that on every game. I'm always yelling at people to take their turn. That's like my job. Okay, so then that's what I'm saying. So what you, whether you realize it or not, it's like you want the game to be fair. You're not wanting to like win it just due to somebody not paying attention. It's like I could not be paying attention and have the winning move in my hand, but because I'm not paying attention you win, but you would rather me pay attention and you win it the right way or right. I, I so, say and, the and right so, way. And That's so not- th- this is, this is a, this is a nice topic that I think we should address at some point. But for, for instance, often when we're playing, I'll notice like Enrique or somebody will make a move. They'll mess something up and they'll say, Hey, can I take that back? Well, oftentimes, especially the three of us, Enrique will do something in you. And, and, and usually if, if me and you both are telling him, I'm like, Enrique, why are you fixing to do what you're fixing to do? Because it that's makes that- no sense or, you know, you're not paying attention or but that's, whatever. That's not my point. That's not my point. Uh, okay. That's not my point. Okay, my point is simply is that I let people take back their moves and make the optimal move. I'm not saying I don't do the whole chess thing of you took your hand off the piece, your turn's over. Right. If you want to go back and reverse something, you, on the other hand, are very opportunistic and don't let and will argue not to let anybody take back <laughs> a move. Hey, rules are rules. I know, but there is no rule. It's like when a player has taken their turn. So when when is when is a player's turn taken? When is it truly over? Is it when they to take throw their me hand under off the, the bus beat? here? I see how you are. Uh, well, I know it's just a thing. It's just a thing. I I feel like a game should be played when all players are paying to a reasonable degree attention. And if they make a minor mistake or make a move that they instantly go, wait a minute, I need to take that back. I'm fine with that. I want you to make your best move so that when I beat you, I feel like I have beaten you at your best, not because you made a mistake. And the same is true if you win. If you win, I want it to be because you have you have done your best and you bested me at this at this. And so I, I just that's that's my mindset I, I agree on all games. i agree but if someone repeated, you just don't practice it no i do but uh, no, uh, we're don't. talking mostly about enrique and Epic players crit. players of his ilk that repeatedly do not pay attention and i'm like if you insist on not paying attention the penalty you suffer is you lose. Mm, that's interesting. Now, I'm not saying on first game. That's why I'm being specific with Ragusa, because Ragusa is unique in that, yes, it rotates around on certain hexes, and on other hexes, it does not. But on first game, maybe even second game. But if we're playing that game repeatedly and you continue to not pay attention and, hey, I've done a wall. Do your wall move. You're not going to do it. I'm not going to sit there and let you know because you're not paying attention. That's your deficiency as a gamer. But, okay, let me get to my second point of this game that I did not like. You didn't like it? No, 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 no. The second point of the game I didn't like. Not that the, oh, okay. I didn't like the game. I kind of feel like the whole starting out in the woods things is pointless. It's like those are just opening moves, just to get wood, just to build houses slightly not pointless, further in. I'd argue that, but I'll let you. I'll let you finish. Okay, so the first few moves of the game, you have to build on the outskirts to get wood, or to not get wood, to open yourself 
to be available to have wood. I, that's still kind of that still kind of confuses me. You have access to wood, mm-hmm. so your first move has to have access to wood. You're on the outer edge of the board. I do like the way they did this. Like, okay, I have to I have to have access to two. If I put two houses in here, that means I have to have access to two. If you know the game, you know the game. If not, you don't know what I'm talking about. But I I get that part of it. I don't like this aspect of the game that you start out in the woods because as soon as you're able, everyone leaves the woods. The city, the city is the main part of this game. Leave out this forest area. You have access to stone, uh, silver ore in its raw form, grapes, olives, fish. That's what you need to be in a city. The city is where all the action happens. I feel like they produce those woods just to have opening moves. Just have the olives, grapes, stone, and ore. Like you have to get access to the stone in order to go to the city. Because the wood is literally pointless after everyone goes to the city. I don't really get why they did the wood thing. Just make it's, the whole board the city and then the city building of the wall and then the stuff they're in. But after the first three houses have been built by everybody, nobody's building out in the forest. Well, well, no, but that that's the per- purpose of the forest is the opening moves. And, and, to, and to hinge Gombe's point here, you can only build one house on each hexagon. And le- per unit of wood that you have. And so your opening move of the game is, do you build one house close to the wood so you'll have one unit of a wood, and so thus you can build one house on each hexagon, or build an area where you have access to two units of wood and can build two houses on each hexagon, and so forth and so on. Now, now the only reason that you're saying this is because you've done the same strategy probably twice with each game. Those opening moves are very powerful. And it matters where you go specifically the first few the first several moves out into that wooded area makes a great difference uh, of how many other resources that you have and can multiply it i don't think that you realize uh, what what did you with mike and crystal who won that game crystal with mike very shortly after and i will say this is why we me and crystal we we all built on the woods and then me and Crystal surrounded the silver and left Mike completely out of silver. He had no access to silver. He didn't need access to silver. And that is one thing I like about this game. That game with me, Mike and Crystal showed the multiple paths to victory. Because Crystal did heavy shipping. She won on shipping. She had like, mm. I don't know how many points. She scored like 40-something points on shipping. Mike did a little bit of ship. He did like half and half between me and Crystal. I went heavy in on, uh, oh crap, I forget what I did, silver and something else, but I didn't do shipping. I hardly did any shipping. Oh, I did the in-game cards. Like, I kept going to the in-game card spot. I scored like 36 points on in-game cards. So, in that, like, I was at the very last the whole time of the game, but by the way, by the time the game was scored, we were all like five points within each other. And that really impressed me because I thought I was going to get blown out of the water, which I did lose, but I only lost by like five points because I scored a bunch of in-game cards. Mike scored some in-game cards, some shipping points. Crystal scored like all shipping points. Like she got all those stars from shipping, but Mike was completely blocked out from silver. I, I really, 
I, I may have sounded negative in this review up till now, but my point is I really liked this game. We played Pan Am first, the three-player game of Pan Am with the bidding, and it was it was good, but I was like, eh, it just didn't feel quite the, as good as it was with the four-player game we played. Then we played Ragusa, three-player, four-player. I imagine two-player, haven't played it two-player, have not played it solo, but at least three-player and four-player. This game is completely engaging and tight and scores well with different paths to victory. Right. And I found that to be very interesting. Um, like this is not the type of game th- this, uh, and don't get me wrong. This is a dry, 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 super dry. Hero. Like I said, it's uh, just a dry, more advanced version of Catan to me. It really gave me the Catan feel minus the die rolls. And so, yeah, it's not as random as Catan because of the die rolls. So, but to make the point, this game is for people who have a strong attention span, who want a very solid one-hour euro that is that's that they don't mind it being dry. It is very cutthroat, not in the cutthroat sense of I'm getting in your way, but it's cutthroat in that you anticipate what the other players are going to be doing. And you kind of bolster yourself up by being in that area, so you can kind of piggyback off them. You, it's very. It gives me that that kind of that Puerto Rico feel a little bit. Like when you're selecting a role, you want to pick the best role for you, but everybody else kind of gets gets helped along too. You want to pick the role that helps you out the most and helps them out the least. This game is very much like that. You'll go to an area that will help you out. But it's very devastating when you go there and you realize that Bubba has two or three houses there and he's going to get that do that action three times now off your turn and rake in money because of it. So a very well-designed... Well, that, uh, although- is, uh, that is how Crystal won because she got to that market, which is the shipping thing. She right. had three houses on the market to me and uh, Mike's like one and two. So every time she went there, she got three extra cards. So just to say, if you're in, I'll, I'll say this, two things. One, if you're in the dry Euros, you've got a good attention span and you want something very strategic that gives you a, a very good long-term feel. I'm chewing on ice. I know you like that. Classic. Classic Jerry. Classic. Classic. Uh, well, you got to eat the ice out of your tequila, man. Uh, this is a game for you. This you're, is you're watering down your tequila with ice. I like it chilled, man, just like me. Everybody uh, chill. This is the best capstone game from 2019, including Watergate. Uh, I really enjoy Watergate. I'll add that caveat that Watergate's probably mm. the best two-player game. I I still think I'd give it to Ragusa. Pipeline didn't last for us. Maracaibo didn't last for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the what was the train game? I can't remember. Irish, Irish Rails, Gage, Gage, Irish so, so yeah. Gage. I, I would say that this by far is our favorite capstone game of last year. I enjoy it very, very much, and especially that game between my, my, me, Mike, and Crystal. Especially after Pan Am kind of being let down in that three player version, I was like, this game, even three players. Not as tight as a board, but still, like you said, every every move, you have to be paying attention. You are engaged. 
I can't I can't remember which listener it was that sent us an email saying you should play this game. I wish I could remember. Yeah, there uh, was but, somebody but, really touting Ragusa. And, and I can't remember who it was. I don't off top remember. Of my head. But anyways, Ragusa, it's getting a nod from us. But oh, but I'd, I'd add that caveat that if it's only for those that have the good have that attention span, don't mind dry euros. If you're looking for theme, look somewhere else. But certainly one of the better games of 2019 for us. Here, here. That's like going to do on. it for this episode. This is our episode. We're not doing yeah. it. Okay. If you would like to send us an email, you can. If you have the email capability. Please at board do. Game snobs, board game snobs at gmail.com. You could send us an email and just say something. Give us your favorite big word. Here, What's the big Hear something, say something. That's what I say. That's what I said. And I, I echo that. So it's kind of oh. like I said it by pro- proxy. Uh, anyways, very nice, very nice. Very nice. Uh, Phrase of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I am going away. If nothing, we're timely. If Borat isn't timely, neither are we. Run away. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. 